Hello, everybody. I haven't done the intro in a little while, and I'm a little rusty, but welcome to Dev Party. Dev Parties are our mini-episodes that we do in between our larger episodes, where we call each other up and develop some film. You can hear that sloshing over there. That sloshing is none other than Vanya. Say hello, Vanya. Hello. So, what are you developing today? Uh, Ectochrome 120 from the RB67. That's amazing. And which developer are you using? Uh, well, it's uh, part of their... It's Cinestill's creative slide three-bath process. And I chose the D9, the Dynamic Chrome, for warm tone dynamic slides. So there's three different ways that you can um, dilute the first developer. And I'm doing the warm tone development, which is a one plus one dilution for nine minutes. And then uh, I'll go into the second developer. I, I don't know if you guys remember that from way back in the day, but uh, yeah, so on and so forth. So do I like it? I don't know. And uh, once I do it like two or three more times, I will give you a better uh, review on it. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on that uh, shortly-ish. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're really excited about that. It's essentially E6 with some funny stuff going on in the first developer. I'm kind of excited. I am developing some Fumapan 100 in FA1027. It's a an old regular that I have, an old chestnut, if you will. But that's not really the story here. Let me pour in my developer. And I don't know why I can't talk while pouring a developer. I'm afraid I'm going to spill it. I'm pouring it yeah, into a Yeah, that's Stearman. very strange. It's weird. I'm pouring into a, Steer a Stearman press tank, which, um, you know, they're leaky and prone to spillage. So, like me. <laughs> so... How long have you been developing, and how long have you been shooting film? Me? Yeah, you. Uh, I don't know, since I was like 13, but I had I didn't start developing until I took a photo in high school, so that was like my soft, sophomore year of uh, high school. Okay. Uh, and that was obviously just black and white. I didn't do color forever uh, until recently. I would say like... 2015 maybe i love that 2015 is recently <laughs> um yeah well because i had been told from so many old men that it's just too technical you know you need to have like your temperatures right and it's just such a pain in the ass and it's not worth it and then i met somebody that was like do you develop your own color and I was like, no, like, I don't know, I'm nervous. It seems too technical. Kind of just like throwing up all that bullshit that that person told me. And they were like, oh, dude, you should totally develop. It's super easy. Just do it. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, maybe I should just do it. <laughs> okay. And you did, as we all know. Yeah, so... I did. And I was like, fuck, yeah, this is badass. What was I thinking? It's true. So you have decades of your own film negatives that you can go through and look back on, and or your old pictures you can go through and look back on. I mean, 
Yeah, I guess I do, technically, but would I want to at the moment? Fuck no. <laughs> well, no, but you can look back, even on, like, you know, where you have, like, on your hard drive, or on Flickr, or a cloud, or something. You go, oh, I took this picture, you know, ten years ago, five years ago. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, this year, for me, marks my tenth year of seriously shooting film, and getting back into shooting film. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I... I did shoot film before, and all through my childhood, because there wasn't anything but Because that's all, we, because that's all, all you had. All you had. You have no choice. So those don't really count for me, I guess, because I wasn't really serious. It was just a default. Yeah. But after getting in, back into film, that was a more serious thing. And so this year marks the 10th anniversary. So I've been looking back at my photos from 10 years ago, and... You know, you look back on it and you think, well, I must have grown a lot. I must have changed a lot. I must have, must, must shoot things so much differently. And I don't know that I do. And it kind of bothered me a little bit. I know that I've made a lot of changes over the years, but I think I'm kind of, in a little way, back to where I was. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, so one of the things I have done and the photos that I'm developing now is I found a role from this time when we're recording this and I, we shot, well, I shot this in early May and we're recording this in late May and I don't know when it's going to air, probably mid-June, but I found some photos of mine from the same weekend that I was out a couple weekends ago and I went to some of the same locations and I was trying to decide between two things. One was just retake the picture, same same place, same spot where you're shooting it from, same, you know, try to mimic it as much as you possibly can with the lenses and the emulsions that I use today. So it would be different, but it would be kind of the same too. And then I also thought, well, why don't I just find these same locations and shoot them how I would shoot them now? Mm-hmm. And so that was what I wanted to do. That sounds like a lot more fun. So... I went out there to do it, and by out there I mean Douglas County, and with the with the idea of of just shooting the, the location however I wanted to, I ended up shooting it the exact same way that I did, but with different emulsions, different lenses, like I said. And we are going to see what those look like. I did already develop one set of them, and it's surprisingly different. A very different feel. Um, mm-hmm. I was shooting square, like 620 at the time. And now I'm shooting 4x5. Okay. And so you do have a much a much different feel to them. Um, have, does this seem interesting at all? I mean, obviously, this is to me, it's interesting. But is that something you would do? Um, well, I think I do, honestly. Um, okay. I mean... As much as I give you shit for going to the same places all the time, I mean, I shoot the pier all the time because it's magical. So sure. I'm constantly trying to find new ways to shoot it. But I mean, to me, they basically look similar. It's, it's not really okay. super easy. But as far as um, weather and time of year and sun, light, clouds, you know, there's variables for making it more fun and moody and then obviously different emulsions as well. So, so yeah, um, I think that 
anytime I go anywhere, if I've been there before, I would, I'm always looking to find a way to, um, to shoot it. And even before I go, like, uh, for instance, it's just still in my head forever. Um, Craters of the Moon in Idaho. Oh, sure. I still don't know how to shoot it. Didn't have nope. the best luck last time I was there, but um, I will continue to go back there and try different techniques until I find something that I'm satisfied with. Yeah, that's a that's that's a place I do return to every so every few years, and I always try to shoot it, and I I, I never like it. And I'll see pictures in between those years of other people's pictures and old pictures, and. I look at it and go, oh, that's such a great shot. That's a wonderful shot. And I'll get there to you know, roughly the same spot or whatever, and it just it's just not there. I don't know if it's lighting. Like I think it is lighting, to be honest. Because you I were think there I in the need... morning, in the evening. and I but was, you... but I mean, the first time I was there was with my daughter, so it was more of just like making sure she's good. Um, True, of course. Realistically... I feel like I probably need to stay there for like two, at least two days. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I'll just read in the in the in the hottest part of the day, and then shoot early in the morning and shoot in the evening because it's just. I just think that. I think I don't give give uh, myself enough time to experience the place. That's true. I mean, there are also a lot of caves there that would be great for during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'll just go into a cave. Yeah. Just hide out in a cave somewhere. That sounds fun. Why not? And then scare little children when they come through. Rawr! There's also... I forget what they're called. Uh, there's a trail uh, uh, that leads to them, and they are... Um, where the lava flowed... Uh, Craters of the Moon is like a gigantic lava flow in Idaho. And where the lava flowed around trees. Mm-hmm. And so you can still see, like, the impressions of trees in the lava. Like, standing. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. It's a beautiful place. I, I really would love to go back there at some point. It won't be this year, I don't think, for me. But it is a place that I, I visit fairly often. Yeah, it is a lovely place. Yes. So I'm hoping... Well, I mean, this isn't a project I'm working on or anything like that. It isn't like a, like a, I'm going to go out every weekend and shoot the same thing over and over again. But it's something that I'm going to keep in mind that like a decade ago, I was shooting these places and I'm still shooting these places. And I loved my photos a decade ago and I love my photos now. So, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing, I think. I'm not really sure what to do with it. This isn't going to be a, a, a then and now kind of book or zine or anything like that. It's purely just, uh, I don't know. I think it's purely a selfish thing. And like in a selfish, in a good way, I guess. It kind of uh, calls back to our first episode where uh, we read a very, very old book on photography where someone said that you can't take a good picture Unless you've lived there and experienced the place for at least a year. At least a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was right in the sense that yeah, you need to live in a like like experience a place for a while. 
He was he was definitely off on the amount of time that needs to be given to a picture. Well, I mean, think about. I wonder how many times Ansel Adams went to Yosemite. That's a good question. I'm, I bet because it probably wasn't that. one. <laughs> it probably no. wasn't just one time. Oh, definitely wasn't. And he'd take folks there too. Mm-hmm. I think it was somewhere that he was comfortable with and yeah. knew very well, and I think that's kind of helped him in his, uh, you know, in his photography. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You get to know a place. I don't know. It's it's almost something I don't do. I mean, in some I'm ways, like, seriously, I, <laughs> you're gonna no, tell no, me that I you mean don't it. do that. In some ways, I know Eastern Washington very well, and the places that I shoot very well. But when I'm there, I mean, there's a large, large places. I, I'm I rarely shoot the same exact framing, you know, the exact location. It's rare that I shoot it mm-hmm. twice. But it's also, you know, I'm I'm usually pretty happy with the shots I get. I do. I am completely fine with reshoots, but I don't wait ten years to do them. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm doing here isn't reshooting. It's kind of, I don't know. I mean, anything. When you talk about this like in any way, it just ends up sounding silly and pompous. And that's not what I'm trying to do. It just comes but, naturally. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah. That's... <laughs> that's what I'm attempting to do, and that's what these photos that I am pouring fixer into are about. I think it's really, I think it's very exciting. I like the idea. I think it's, it's good. And, and, um, I can understand wanting to shoot the same place because I do it and I will be doing it for probably ever and ever until mm-hmm. I am a millionaire and I can fly. <laughs> around the entire world to photograph obviously you know i'm limited right now so i'm gonna photograph probably the same things obviously try to do things differently and you know um hone my craft or you know grow as a photographer of course yeah i can also see myself not taking specific pictures anymore and um because either it's been done too much or i nailed it and i don't want to ruin that (laughs) That's another thing. I took one of my favorite photos ten years ago that weekend, mm-hmm. and like I don't, I don't really want to reshoot it because mm-hmm. it, I really really like it. I can't do it, I can't do it better. Yeah. So I can do it differently, mm-hmm. and so I did. That's one of them that I'm that I'm developing here. I'm pretty sure it's a place called Diego Rock. Um, I've only shot it, I think, twice, even though I've driven past it a billion times. It's a rock about the size of a house. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I have to enter a farmer's field to get the shot. And one of the things I really hate doing is entering farmers' planted fields. If they're not planted or they're you know, already harvested, I don't care so much. But once they're planted, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this. But if it had been planted, it was, like, just planting. Nothing was, nothing even looked really plowed. It looked very barren. So they may be uh, letting the field go for the year, 
much. I don't know. Or it haven't planted. Well, I, don't, I think it's wheat. So they would have planted it by now. So I don't know what's going on with it. But I entered it, and it's on a pretty desolate stretch. So nobody drove by while I was in the field. But it was one of those panic shots where you run out. You get into the position. You focus the camera. You throw in the the, the, the film the uh, film holder. You pull the dark slide. You definitely have fucked something up. And you take the photo. Because you've already metered. You're already done with that. And then you race back to public land. <laughs> the, the public road. Um, I hate being in farmer's fields. I don't know if there's like extra fines in Washington for it. In Pennsylvania, there is. If you're in a farmer's planted field, there's an extra fine on top of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. I don't want to do it. I don't want to fuck up their crop. Well, I mean, I guess I that's a, I get it. It's disrespectful. It's sure. someone's hard work. I just, uh, yeah, that's where, I, that's a line I, I draw and I guess obviously cross sometimes. <laughs> but very rarely. And then there's another f- a shot of it from like lower on the road, and mm-hmm. um, I I think it's gonna be a, a slightly different shot. I think I shot a little bit lower before. Um, before I was shooting a plastic uh, Savoy Imperial Savoy using uh, some kind of expired slide film, and this time I was using Fomapan in Ooh. the Graflex with the. Uh, I think the, the, the anti-planet lens. So two very different lenses that actually kind of render things in similar ways. <laughs> so we'll see uh, how a, an expensive brass lens renders things like a plastic uh, single element lens. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sort of depressing. Mm-hmm. I have like this special daydream because i'm a daydreamer i like to make up things in my head constantly um and this also is why i will one day be murdered but so if it was a place like the rock you're talking about yeah if i knew that person's address and i love that place and i love to shoot it i would just send them a letter and send them a picture and be like hey like a long time ago before i knew or whatever i or just say hey a long time ago i took this picture I really love it. Um, I wanted you to have one. Also, here's my email. Um, it would be really neat if you could give me permission when you're not using the field, if I could just come out and take another photo of it and yeah. do it that way. Yeah, that's ideal. There's definitely a few spaces that I want to do that with. There is um, a boulder field that is on private property, and it's a bummer it's on private property. It's actually a national landmark. But it's on private property. So um, so how do you do that? Do you just have to get permission? I would have to get permission from the landowner. I don't know of anybody who's done it, but I also don't know anybody who's tried. Um, so that it, would be something that you would have to, like, maybe contact public lands? No. It, there's a there's a plat map. Uh, there's a GIS map in on, on the county website that has the owner's name, phone number, address, sometimes address. But oh, cool. ways to contact them. So it's it's actually pretty easy to contact do this. You know, there's oh, not neat. a lot of excuses other than you don't like talking to people. So yeah. yeah. 
I so, don't know. I, I don't mind. I mean, yes, of course. I don't go out talk. I don't go out to talk to people, but I actually really like to talk to people. I like to know their story. I'm pretty friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I even talked to the guy with the, the naked shirt that lived next to us in the campground in um, that is true. Montana. <laughs> in uh, Columbus, Montana. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was kind of scary, but, you know. Sort of I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. He was a combination of really nice and really terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Montana. <laughs> well, actually, he was from South Carolina. He was, he was from South Carolina. Welcome to South Carolina. <laughs> he was moving to Montana because I think uh, South Carolina wasn't racist enough for him anymore. <laughs> that's That's kind of what he was saying, yeah. Yeah, that was the yeah. vibe I was getting. Which was funny because he was really nice to my mom. Yeah. Yeah, who is not white, so... Yeah, and yeah. he had a lot of things to say about Hispanic people. He, he sure did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Not a lot was, of self-awareness. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, I well, mean, okay. I'm used to that. Of course. Yes, I'm, unfortunately. Yeah, especially because I don't look it, so when people, like, talk to me about stuff, it's just like... Okay. No, yeah, I you get really to hear cool. all the weird racist shit that white people say to other white yeah. people. Yeah. 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 It's very We're horrible. Very, very interesting. So those are our projects. Well, project, I guess. And, That's and your project. Not really even a project. <laughs> I think it's a great project. I love it. Well, I'll see what comes of it. Like I said, it's mostly just for me, but I thought I'd share it, and I'll, I'll be posting some more of the photos to Instagram and all of that, and probably some before and afters on my stories. Just cool. for fun, you know? No, no big deal. So I'm fixing right now, and I have been for a little bit of a while. I'm Are you blixing. Blixing. Well, why don't we take a few seconds to answer the answering machine question? You go which, first. Okay, so the answering machine question was which non-material photographic thing uh, do you cherish the most? And I'm bad at picking superlatives, so I'm just going to give a couple or one or two or whatever. And so my thought on this, the non-material thing that I love about photography is essentially the question. And I love that it gives me something to do when I'm out traveling. Gives you purpose in your traveling. Yeah. Because I used to travel before I shot. And honestly, I don't really know what I did. <laughs> yeah, what did you do? I have no idea. I know I was shooting some things on a digital camera. Well, you do like to go to visitor centers. I have noticed that about you. I like visitor centers. And I like reading plaques and stuff. But... Yeah. I like to I've, pretend I'm reading plaques next to you. It's great. I've noticed. You do enjoy that. But I, I do. And... I think in some ways I was able to get more immersed into the surroundings when I didn't shoot, when I wasn't shooting. Mm -hmm. I was able to feel a bit more of a connection because it was just, there was no, there was no lens or no filter, quite literally, between myself and the land. Mm -hmm. And so... It was a very, like, Thoreau approach to it. And I think I was kind of into Thoreau at that point. And it was... It, I felt a connection that I didn't feel... That, well, that I don't feel now with photography. Um, which, I'm not sure why I'm picking this as my favorite thing. 
but it is a thing I'm just kind of realizing now. So there we go. Had a realization. But I think it's akin to my favorite thing, which is I do like the connection that photography gives me to the land. Where it's a, and it's a connection, a different connection, one that I didn't have when I didn't have the camera. And yeah, so I think that's it. I, I like I like the connection, even though it does come with the the sad bonus of losing <laughs> another kind of connection. <laughs> and how about you? Well, I think I'm just going to kind of uh, double down as far as connection goes, okay, and kind of say that. I think, because, yeah, I mean, same photographer. And we're supposed to pick something photography-related. Of course. So, um, yeah, I think the... the f- I'm going to say not the connection that photography gives me, and I talked a little bit about this, like, on the last episode. Um, the connection that a place gives me sometimes not necessarily right away or even before I shot, but after I shot and how I kind of dive into more of the history of the place and I get excited and want to learn everything about it. Um, I really, really enjoy that. That is something super special that I have grown uh, to really love because I am a little bit (laughs) all over the place as far as like attention span and, um, when I finally get focused enough to like really get into something, it's exciting for me and I kind of just need to write it out. So that's what I've been trying to do more often when, Hmm. when the, you know, when the time comes, uh, another thing, I'm going to just like add a little extra spice to this. I'm going to say the feeling I get when I have a good playlist at the right time in the car after shooting, before shooting, there's specific moments that I need specific songs. I mean, I will cry in my car. I'll sing at the top of my lungs, unfortunately, but luckily no one's in the car. Um, it is like so wonderful. It makes me feel so good. And there's just moments that I've had, like I make playlists sometimes on just shuffling like some of my favorite songs and I'll get like three in a row where the transition is just like, Oh my God, this song after this, what? It's so good. This is perfect. And I'll like make a playlist specifically (laughs) to like put those in there. So yeah, that's another thing. Playlist music. Playlist. All right. I I dig it. I dig it. Well, um, we do have movie sign. No, I'm sorry. We have, don't have movie sign, do we? No. We have commercial sign. Um, and so uh, it's time to do some rinsing. Hey, dead burnage! What's wrong? They left without breakfast again. What are you serving? Beans. What else? How about fruit flavors? Fruit? That's different. Come follow my nose. Got a nose big as Texas. It's always nose. Whoa, Kim on Fruit Loop cereal. With natural orange, lemon, and cherry flavors and a full day supply of vitamin C, part of this complete breakfast. Well? Little birdie, I'm making Fruit Loops my brand. And we are back. We are back from rinsing. I hope you guys enjoyed the commercials, whatever they may be this time. Um, and we are... I, I'm done rinsing. Are you done rinsing? 
Yeah, basically. I'm doing my safety rinse. Oh, okay. Well, I'm pulling my negatives out then. <laughs> I'm not waiting Ooh, for you okay. because I'm excited. So, yeah, uh, slide film is difficult. And I would say it is a little more difficult to color, like RC41, I would say. Uh, and if you feel like if you ever want to try it, I would say absolutely try it, but I would definitely at least do C41 a few times. So you feel comfortable with just like getting your temps right. And then the transition over to E6 is like pretty simple. Uh, so yeah, just do it. Basically you got this. It's totally fine. Uh, shooting slide film, obviously is a little bit different than shooting regular. You kind of have to be a little bit more precise if you are going to develop it in slide. Uh, so as far as like dynamic range goes, like you'll blast out those brights and those darks will be really dark. Like if you don't, uh, if you're not really good at metering, <laughs> so you have to be really careful. Um, so yeah, I just pulled mine and um, they look good. They look a little on the, um, they're not super bright. They're a little on the dark side, but that's kind of what you want. You don't want them to be too uh, bright because then that's overexposed. So these are going to dry and I'm going to stick them on my brand new, to me, used light table that is ridiculously too big um, <laughs> to take a better peep at them. But so far, uh, I'm, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing more more pool stuff. Uh, I got a little fancy, did some fun stuff. So yeah, I can't wait to share it with you guys. And, uh, let's, let's, uh, see what Eric's got over there. Well, um, as the old saying goes, I got negatives. Yay. I have four decent negatives. Um, three of them are the decade shots. One of them is some random, old house but uh yeah um i'm pulling i'm pulling hold on there you go i'm pulling the the rock photos right now mm -hmm. the uh um i was um off center <laughs> a little oh no well that's what happens when you rush things yeah uh it is interesting though um there is a weird centered quality to it. <laughs> it's mm. it's center adjacent. Let's just okay. say. Well, it looks like. And the other one is. No, no, no. I don't think I'll retake them. I don't think I'll retake them. And the other one is. Um. Well, I think it's it's very different. Uh, also, I remember this one. Uh, the film jammed, like the uh, the putting the dark slide back in it, it jammed and it bent the film and uh i don't think it was in the holder properly so that shows a little bit but it's it's a good photo it's okay i'll, I'll share them of course actually i'll share them with the before pictures as well yeah you um, should i would like to yeah. see both of them well why don't we go to the futures and find out what that's going to be like all right, and here we are in the future yet again. <laughs> we made it. We did. It's amazing how we do this. It really is. I just I'm constantly impressed with how we do it. 
We're the Marty McFlies of film photography. We really are. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, well, enough of uh, tooting our horns here. Let's let's get to business. Toot toot. And toot our horns a little bit more about our photos. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Well, you've got some shots that were on Ektachrome 100. What do you think? I absolutely love these. These are wonderful. Um, it's always a little bit scary for some reason to shoot slide film. Yeah, I think that you need to be a little bit more precise as far as metering as, you know, regular C41, you can kind of overexpose it and you get really creamy colors. But with slide, if you overexpose it, your whites turn kind of almost bluish, translucent and weird. And I do not like that. So when it came to developing, I decided to kind of make sure that I was thinking of that because I did shoot, obviously, at the height of the day, like noon. So I used the Cinestill Creative Slide 3 Bath Process Kit. And I picked, there's three different types of the creative uh, developer. So basically, they're the first developer you can choose what you like. They have a daylight chrome, a tungsten chrome, and a dynamic chrome. And I decided to go dynamic. Okay. And uh, we'll be doing a full episode about this developer at some point soon. Yes. So the dynamic um, is a warm tone, and that's why I chose the dynamic. I'm kind of, I lean more towards the warm, especially with slide. I want it to look warmer. I don't. It already looks kind of cool as is. <laughs> it does, yeah. So I did the warm tone development on it, and it looks great. It looks beautiful. I'm very happy with these. Uh, the sky is ridiculously blue. The sky is a real fun blue. It's so fun. It's 80s Volvo blue. It is very 80s <laughs> Volvo blue. I'm really proud of these pictures. Three out of the four I picked kind of have like this really fun foreground. Uh, so this pool is a Ross Moore kidney because I'm a weirdo and I know that <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I know about I know about empty pools. I know about shapes of pools. It is a secret talent of mine. So this is a Ross Moore, which means these stairs um, are on like one side. So it's kind of perfect. They're not really skatable. Uh, so you could sit down there and you're not in the way. There's like other pools that you know you don't want to be on the stairs obviously because a lot of people like to skate over them if they're good enough so I just set my camera on like the second or third step and try to do some fun foreground shapes and and I'm happy with them I, I really like how they came out so that your camera is actually set down on a on a stair step Cool. What do you think of the color of these compared to the ones that we talked about two weeks ago, which were Fuji 400H or whatever they're calling it? Um, I, what do you think of it? I mean, I do not. I didn't really like the Fuji 400H. Oh, really? Okay. I'm not really a big fan of the color. I seem to struggle with 400 speed for some reason. Okay. I don't know why. Um, I'm kind of like a hundred ISO girl, if that makes any <laughs> sense at all. It does. So a hundred and below 
I'm in, I'm kind of in my zone, but anything over that, I tend to not do, I don't know. I just don't do as well for some reason. I'm not very comfortable and it's probably because I don't shoot it often. So maybe I should, but I just, I don't need to. <laughs> it's sunny here all the time. Why? Why do I need 400? That's true. That is true. I, I don't know. The I, I do like the colors of the Fuji 400. Mm. Um, there's something about the slide film that seems a little odd, and I'm betting it's the Cinestill kit. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's made to give an effect, and mm-hmm. that effect, I think, is noticeable. It looks almost like a bleach bypass, almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing. It's just, it's just, it's almost something. Uh, yeah, again, well, I I prefer the color. I I think the warm. I'm attracted to warmer colors more than cooler colors. So this is kind of perfect. And even the sky being so blue and cool and not overly warm is a good contrast between the kind of the texture in the pool where there's a lot of like basically old uh, scales of plaster that are kind of warm and then the sky i don't know i just it is it just warm. came out really I mean, beautiful the vast majority of each of the photos are are white because of the pool not quite white but you know more towards the white end and so it does really bring out like the yellow almost rustish color within mm-hmm. the white and of course everything that's not white is incredibly warm mm-hmm. um it would be interesting to see it under other like see this uh emulsion and the uh, developer under other conditions. Yeah, it would actually. I think the possibilities are endless with these kits. I would like to see what other people did and kind of see if maybe I could even just tell like, okay, that that one probably isn't for me. Maybe I'll stick with the warmer tones or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm just glad that they have kits, honestly. Um, E6 has always been that (laughs) (laughs) that developer that that developer that seems like it's such a task and it's just not it's really not I think if you want to shoot slide then then shoot slide (laughs) do it it's beautiful yeah I I don't know shooting I, I don't mind shooting slide it's just developing it is is such a chore, and I know that I literally the, just said it was a chore. I know you said it's not, I, and I that just it is a chore. I just don't agree. It's it's long, it's tedious. I I don't love it, but I mean the results. You know the results speak for themselves. They're, it's just good results, right? Oh, absolutely. I think if you decided that you wanted to shoot slide and black and white, mm-hmm. then you would shoot slide. And after the fifth or sixth roll or seventh roll, you're like, okay, I buy a kit and I develop all these. And you just kind of do it that way where you're not wasting a ton. Cause I know these kits go bad pretty quickly. So okay, it would yeah. be worth buying a kit once you have accumulated enough slide to develop, I would say. I would recommend that. 
Yeah. I so it's see not that. such a waste. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about yours. Okay. Well, like we said earlier, mine are shots or reshoots, most of them, of things I shot a decade ago to almost the day. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, I, I do you see, I just, I just added in our little thing, I added the, uh, yeah. the decade before shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I'm shooting from the roughly the same exact location, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the lens is so different that I'm, I'm closer and yet I think I'm just closer. I think that's what it is. Yeah, these uh it looks like these are obviously a little wider of a lens. Well, I think yeah, the the first the original ones were a little wider of a lens taken with a uh Holga actually. Mm. And the latter ones that I took over the past couple weekend or so ago um was a 135 lens, no, a 270 millimeter lens. And so great difference there, huge difference there. I should have been back a little farther for it or should have used a different lens. I don't know. I think I'm thinking that when this isn't a project and I'm just kind of just doing whatever, but I think originally I was trying to shoot, like reshoot things I did a decade ago, the way I shot, the way I shoot them now. And I think this is how I would shoot it now. I think, Maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. So let's move on to the second one, which is the same rock from a different angle. I really blew the center here. Yeah, you did. And I don't know how I did that other than I was panicked and I was in a farmer's field. That I, I, oh, this is the farmer's field one. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, the first, the, the Holga shot is like, nailed it. I did. Yeah. It, it's a very dead center. This one, even though I was looking through ground glass, I think I'm pretty sure I was, it's, it's a little off yet. The ground around the rock is centered and maybe I wasn't looking at the rock. Maybe I was looking at the ground. Cause that's well, also, centered. it looks like your original has at least two power lines in it. So maybe you were trying to crop those out. I could see you maybe like seeing those. So you, kind of panned it. Um, I'm not sure the power lines are there anymore. Oh. Hmm. They could have okay. gone underground with those. Not 100% sure. I don't remember having to deal with them. So either they, they could have been too high and just out of frame to begin with too. Well, the third one is crooked. <laughs> which, uh, you don't know until you look at the the, the older version of it, which actually might, that might be crooked too but the other way. It's almost the same spot. It's exactly the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. I And that's in the middle of a parking lot. I spent about 10 minutes like just walking around with like a tiny tripod, just trying to get to the right spot. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> they were, so there was funny. one other person there and they was like looking at me like, what the fuck is he doing? Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean- I like the shot in the Holga. I don't necessarily like it uh, in in the Graflex. I don't. It's it's a throwaway shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I like the clouds. It's beautiful. Yeah, the clouds are great. It's nice. Um, yeah, I I think these Holga shots are gonna be hard to recreate. 
Well, it's because the Holka has a, a fun lens Ooh. and I was shooting on, I don't know what film that is, RDP2, RDP. which is that's... Provia? Yep. Okay. So that's cross-processed? Cross-process cross process in C41, Provia. This was one of my, well, this is my sixth RDP role I had ever two. shot. I wonder if RDP2 is Fuji Rap. Um, no, Fuji RAP is Fuji Rap. That's why we call it Fuji Rap because it's RAP. But yeah, I, I will. About. I will <laughs> share the before and afters as well. And then the last one I did is is just one on the other side of of the holder. Again, mm. not centered, and it's not centered in the same way that that the the boulder wasn't centered. And so I'm wondering if I was looking through the viewfinder, which is not centered. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should like drill a hot shoe or I guess a cold shoe onto the top of the on the to the top of the camera and put the viewfinder right in the dead center. Hmm. Interesting. I might end up doing that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, you're supposed to make your cameras functional for you. And if exactly. that means drilling shit out, go for it. So that might be an option. If you want my honest opinion, which you probably don't, I do. Uh, I'm going to give it to you anyways. So deal I'm with asking it. Asking for it. I think the idea of returning to places to rephotograph them is a good idea, but I think that it's the places that you weren't able to get a good photograph because I'm looking at these photos from the Holga and you you nailed them. Yeah, I don't really think you needed to reshoot them. Well, it's not a reshoot in the classic sense. Like, oh, I fucked it up. I have to go reshoot it. It's really just like, here's what the place looks like now. Yeah. And here's how I would shoot it now. But the problem is, though I've changed a lot as a photographer, these shots are pretty basic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're shooting square format. You're going to center shit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the one of the one on the road of, of Jaeger Rock, where you see the entire rock, I, it's a great photo. It's a really it, fucking good photo. I'm really surprised you didn't show the whole rock. I was dodging traffic. It was busier when I was out there last time than it was before. And so there was a little bit of that. And I was trying to figure out, I was looking at my phone, trying to look at the picture, the original picture and trying to match it all up. And I just, I, I blew it. I couldn't take a tripod out there and really center it like I wanted to. This was all handheld. So, I mean, the, the, the both boulder shots are handheld and it shows. You know, I didn't have time to really get down there and, 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 and focus on the ground glass. Hmm. Um, and it shows. At both times, it was because I was in a hurry, because I have to be. Mm -hmm. But I probably would have taken better pictures with the RB. Possibly. Yeah. But still, I don't hate either of them. You know, I don't hate either of the of the Boulder photos. The other two, I you know, Light Leak and uh, whatever. You'll see them all. They'll be on social media, but all of our photos will be on social media and on our show notes on the website. So that is correct. Yes, check that out if you want to. All right, let's send it back to those crazy kids. Oh, let's do that. Thank you, future Vanya, future Eric. Enlightening as usual, or just lightning as usual. Um, and I guess that kind of does it for our dev party this time around, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. 
Well, I had a good time. I always enjoy developing. Um, I can't wait to hear more about your process. Maybe the next episode, maybe the one after. Uh, another reminder that we will be taking July and a good chunk of August off from the main episodes, but we will have the dev parties going on. We'll be recording those before summer, so they will be kind of dev parties out of time. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you Vanya, for, for well, thank you. And thank you all for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.